what goes in textbooks doesn't always work when you apply it to life. And I just felt that due to the fact that I had both of these things, I had science-backed education plus real-life experience, that it was a great opportunity for me to bring these together so that I could really make a difference, hopefully, to other people. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations and I am so excited to welcome Heidi Denning to the podcast. Hey Heidi, how are you? I'm great, Leanne. How are you today? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks so much for taking the time. I know how much you've got on at the moment, so I really appreciate it. So some of you uh, REI members might recognise Heidi as the wonderful speaker that we had on Resilience uh, webinar just recently. But Heidi and I have known each other for, we can't remember actually, 2017, 2018. We were both randomly learning to samba dance with our friend Louise, our mutual friend Louise, who's the marketing manager at REI. And we ended up, believe it or not, dancing at Mardi Gras, didn't we, Heidi? We did. We were in fishnets and feathers and I would never have thought that that would be something I'd do in my life, but there we were, Leanne. Together there <laughs> we were. But what I didn't know at the time was you were recovering from um, quite a significant trauma and mm. chose to learn how to samba as a way through it, which, I, yeah, I would love to understand why? Why Why did you choose samba dancing? Uh, that's a good question. I, uh, I was trying to put a bit more joy into my life because I had, I had gone through, I'd survived a violent crime. I had been leading a team overseas. Uh, I had a not-for-profit uh, over in Vanuatu. We did girls' empowerment programs and literacy programs for 13 years. And uh, I was leading a team over there where we got caught up in some cultural conflict that had nothing to do with us. But uh, the people who had very strong messages to give to others thought that uh, they would get their message across if they, they harmed us because of the impact we were making in that community. And so on our second night of this particular volunteer mission, we... We're all asleep and I woke to a loud noise, which I later found out to be the first petrol bomb that had been thrown at my bedroom. So, you know, I I kind of woke up with this noise and, you know, when you're coming out of sleep and you don't know what's real or not. And I could just see smoke in my room. I still wasn't sure if it was real, but then I could smell it, of course, jumped up and there was just ferocious flames outside my window. And I saw a a group of men uh, running away with these big sticks of fire that they had gone around and been lit up the whole place. Uh, So, you know, I ran out of the building and started just bashing on everyone's doors to get up, get out. Let's. How many people were in the house at the time? uh, We were, so we're all in like separate rooms. It was kind of a, you know, little 
thatched roofed bungalows, which is not oh. great uh, with fire, of course, and yeah. some other areas, um, other kind of room thing, type things. So there was 21 of us uh, oh, in the team. Uh, so, yeah, just sprinting around, dodging, like there was just these big balls of fire coming off the roof. Uh, it just, you know, firstly, in shock, like I, I'm in... This country has been voted the happiest people on earth time and time again. I mean, this, you know, we've been drink, we've been doing reading stories to children by day and drinking coke, cocktails out of coconuts at night. Like, how on earth are we in the middle of this nightmare? nightmare. Um, absolute nightmare. And anyway, got everyone out, thankfully, um, so that no one was majorly harmed. There are a number of injuries, including my own, uh, but. We spent a pretty scary night uh, huddled together on the kind of hill across from where we were staying, watching the whole thing burn down pretty much because they had put, you know, the, they petrol bombed our vehicles so we couldn't get away. You're on a remote tropical island. There's no triple zero to call. <laughs> yeah, like, so you, yeah. you didn't really know whether people, they were coming back to harm you, I guess? They did come back to try and harm us. Um, thankfully, some of the people in the village had um, obviously woken to what was going on and they protected us from them. Uh, but And we were on, I was able to contact uh, a friend of mine in Port Vila who got onto the Australian embassy. So all night they were really amazing, keeping in check and try, trying to get the local police to come and protect us. But what we later found out was that the local police had, in fact, um, incited these men to do what they did. So they were not helpful at all. Um, and then the, the Australian Embassy sent in two small planes the next day to evacuate us because of the situation. But uh, it was it was a very, very traumatic night uh, and very traumatic you know, for, for lots of reasons. I mean, there were physical injuries. I broke a bone in my foot from running around trying to get everyone out. Because I had um, been the first one that had the petrol bomb in my room, they weren't sure how long I was actually breathing in the... Um, there was a, a car uh, bombed outside my, my room as well. And so I had lung, lung damage from that. And wow. But, you know, it's interesting, Leanne, like people post-event, you know, for weeks, months, you know, it took me a good 18 months to get over it really because of all the betrayals and loss. And But people would ask always about the physical uh, scars, you know, yeah. the physical things that went on, but they were nothing compared to what was going on internally for me. No. And, you know, and just, I guess, I mean, I don't know very much about the project um, that you were working on in Vanuatu, but I guess just being ripped out of that with no notice as well yeah. would have been traumatic on its own oh, without the crime. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was something that was probably um, the most, one of the most important things in my life, doing what I was doing over there. Like we built a library for the community, you know, literacy levels were really low. So we had, we were trying to give children um, opportunities that they would never get through literacy. Um, and, you know, I, I'd, I'd never been able to have children and people ask you daily if you've got children. And at the time, people it was still, always, still say to me, oh, it's not too late. It's like, no, it really, truly it is. Really is. Yeah, like, yeah. More than a decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm with you on that. 
But I would always, you know, it's always, it can always be cheap because people either make their own judgment that you've either been a career woman, so you're, you're so harsh that you, yes. don't, you don't want to prioritise children over your career. Shallow. Or, yeah, or you get this look of pity. So it's always this tricky answer. And, sure. But I always had an answer of, no, I don't have my own children, but I've got 250 children um, that I support in Vanuatu. And it just was a beautiful segue yeah. out of that, that tricky conversation. conversation into something really positive. And, yeah. you know, then I didn't have that either. And and I, there was just that whole purpose part of my life that I just, I loved it. I worked so hard for it. And, and you couldn't go back. I couldn't go back because how am I supposed to look a volunteer in the eye and say, yeah, of course I know it's safe. No. Because we'd asked that beforehand. There had been cultural problems going on, but they had nothing to do with us. So I kept saying to people over there, will it be okay to come? They're like, yeah, of course it'll be okay. It's got nothing to do with you. So learning to to Samba was all about finding joy. Talk me through how that, how you processed and got to that stage. Yeah, I look. I suffered terribly with PTSD and crippling insomnia, complete, you know, stress, emotional burnout, all of that, sadness, grief, loss, betrayal. Um, and it got to a point where I, I needed, I needed to turn the feelings of rage that I still had because the people who um, actually threw the petrol bombs have never been um, convicted. And that's always a really hard thing. And, you know, I, I, I had a lot of rage for a long time about that. And it got so bad, in fact, that I had internalised my rage to a point where I'd started feeling quite ill internally, a lot of nausea, a lot of pain. I couldn't even go for walks. The pain was so bad. Did every test under the sun. Not, everything came back. You're fine. You're healthy. They finally went in to have some, uh, just have a look surgery-wise and found that I had stage four endometriosis, which is the worst stage um, on, five of, on five of my organs. Uh, my, wow. my appendix was so rotted, they had to remove it at the time. And I, and I just, I, at, then I was just like, that is it. You know, I have to turn this story of rage into a story of resilience. And what have I learned from that? And what do I need to do that I can teach what I've learned to others about how to get through challenging times? You know, hopefully not petrol bombs at you. No. But, we, you know. But the metaphoric can, petrol bomb, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I get myself out of this, you know, dark hole that I'm in. And what? so what do I need to do? Wow. So and it was I, a really a conscious decision, right? This is this is actually killing me. This rage is. is killing me. It's killing me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd hit, you know, it was I was at the bottom of the barrel. So I knew that there, I hadn't put, there hadn't been a smile on my face for quite a while. And it just, you know, I did a lot of reading, of course. I was I was getting um, help through um, somebody who deals with people who've had trauma. And what I realized is I needed to put some joy back into my life. I needed, I needed to have some fun. I needed some fun. Like I hear what, you. what's gonna what's fun for me? And I I've always loved to dance. You know, I've I've always loved to dance. I yeah. you know, I'm a daggy dancer. Doesn't matter to me. I just love to move, put on the yeah. music, crank it up, get get my groove on. Yeah. Um 
And I know you do that. I certainly do. Wednesday night, it's Wednesday night, Heidi. It's dance party night at my house. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. (laughs) Do you ever put your fishnets and feathers on on Wednesday night, party night, Leanne? Never occurred to me, but now that you've mentioned it, maybe Mm. I just will. I'll pull them out. (laughs) I will pull them out. Oh, that's frightening. (laughs) Yeah. When I was looking at that photo of us uh, when we were chatting before, I was like, oh, there's been a few COVID kilos since that outfit. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to find the photo and share it for everybody so that, um, I mean, I think we can embarrass Louise as well, right? We right, definitely right can since she convinced us to do it. And so did it help? Did the samba dance? Oh my I God. mean, you, all, you looked like you were having fun. I know I was having fun. I had so much fun. I had so much fun. And so there was a few things in that, right? There was connection. I got to connect weekly as we practiced, yep. you know, in our weekly class. Yep. Uh, so, you know, that's so important when you're feeling really bad that you connect with people yep. and that coming together as a group and especially, you know, with you, with you, you know, we'd never done Samba. We were like had no idea what we were doing. Oh. It took me about eight months to get that basic step. Oh, like, it's so like, bloody hard. I know. It's what a stupid dance to try and learn. Heidi, was it important to you that you were connecting with people who didn't know your story so there was no need to tell that story? Absolutely, Leanne. Louise knew it and that was it. And I, I, because I didn't want, because people, of course, ask you. Yeah. And I I wanted to start the new fresh me, which was in that time, just I want to be filled with joy. I want to do something new. I want to connect with new people who are not going to judge me or or pity me or anything like that. Yeah, without doubt. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Um, I, you know, not sure it needed to culminate with dancing at Mardi Gras, but wow, what a once in a yeah. lifetime experience, right? <laughs> oh gosh, it truly was. I still, I still just like, oh, oh my god, I did that. That's just the best. Oh, I can still remember the feeling of d- dancing down Oxford Street, and it was so funny because Louise and some of the other um, experienced dancers were kind of going down the edge of the crowd and playing up to them, and I was like in the middle, as like <laughs> staying as far away from people as I possibly could. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Well, and then because of the outfits being where they were, I don't know if you remember, they said don't have anything to drink beforehand because if you have to wee, you'll be in big trouble. But I, no. I, 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 I went into the, that pub we were waiting on and I had a shot of vodka because I was so nervous. <laughs> like I, I'm like shaking in my stilettos here. <laughs> it really, it's a crazy, crazy thing to do. Anyway. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, and so... You obviously, you're now um, an international speaker. You were um, awarded International Speaker of the Year just recently, which is phenomenal. And I I can see why after uh, being part of your session. How did you kind of get from there to here? Well, um, I had no plan. I've got to tell you, I had. uh... (laughs) That's good. That makes me feel better. Yeah. So that incident happened in 2015. That was in the August of 2015. And in the March of that year, only five months before, I'd sold my business that I'd had for 17 years prior. Okay. Um, I'd planned, the plan had been to just take a break um, for a year. So there was no plan. And, uh, but anyway, as you know, when you've had a business and you're a bit of an entrepreneur and you're quite creative, which I am, things start to bubble away and I kept thinking about what I wanted to do next. And I think, you know, when I I just felt like I had a really uh, important message to share, I suppose, and coming from an education and health background, I already had the 
the, like the science back, I suppose, back of the, the yeah. kind of research around stress and burnout and resilience and uh, challenging times and how to get yourself out of it. I knew the science, but of course, what goes in textbooks doesn't always work when you apply it to life. And I just felt that due to the fact that I had both of these things, I had science-backed education plus real-life experience, that it was a great opportunity for me to bring these together so that I could really make a difference, hopefully to other people by sharing the, the way I, the, the, the formulas that I had used on my you know, trial and error, trial and error yeah. of what has worked. And, you know, it's really interesting that what I created, you know, going back last year when as a speaker in a speaking industry where there's just, you know, 90% of my bookings were for whole of 2020, I lost in three days. Cancelled. Cancelled, gone. Uh, you know, hitting, hitting not, not rock bottom like after that, um, not after the petrol bombs, but, you know, it's pretty low. It's pretty wobbly. And yeah, it's like I guess you had the opportunity to put into action all the things you've been talking about, right? Correct. I had to practice what I preach again, which, you know, I kind of do, but on, on a really big scale of as, as I felt myself spiralling down again, all right, I know what to do. I, and I don't, for one, I don't want to get to rock bottom. I do not want to try to dig myself out of there again because that is bloody hard. So start putting the things in place now um, to make sure that doesn't happen. And, and, and you call that, that your resilience bucket? My resilience bucket formula, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so what did you, when you sort of felt yourself spiralling, 90% of your income and your, your purpose had been sort yeah. of torn away from you again, yeah. what did you do? How, what, what is your resilience bucket formula? Yeah, there's five parts to it. Um, and yeah, some some parts work better at different times and others, you know, than others. So I say this generally to your listeners that not everything might resonate. Um, but if just one thing does, it can be really, really helpful. I always like to say, you know, one one little micro change can have such a big impact on our lives. So yep. The first one was to be still, um, you know, the, the goal is for 10 minutes a day, which is only 0.7% of our day, by the way. And I know where we're all scrambling right now with, you know, full inboxes, long to-do lists, um, voicemail messages that from three days ago, we still haven't returned. Yeah. Uh, I know within the real estate industry, especially like you're just overwhelmed with the yeah, amount of work long. that is yeah. going on and people are really struggling but if you can just carve out 10 minutes to not sit on the top of a mountain and cross your legs and say, um, no, you don't need to do that. You can sit and pat the dog, you know, just sit and pat the dog. Stand, stand at the window with your cup of tea and just look out at a tree. You know, you just have a bit of a break because we know that our, like our brain is a muscle and when we overwork it, just like any muscle in our body, uh, it can't perform as well. And when we are exhausted and tired like everyone is right now, we need to have those little mini breaks, micro breaks as I call them. Um, the next one is the joy part again. Um, you know, I say that we want to be happy about something every day, of course, but we need to actually put in scheduled joy. And this is where, when I learned Samba, Leanne, this particular part came from. I was putting in, I was scheduling in joy every week for one hour when we yep. met in the hall to, to learn how to do Samba. And if I hadn't scheduled it into my calendar, yep. it would not have happened. Not a chance. So 
we must schedule enjoy. What is that right now yeah. for everybody? You know, what is it that brings a smile to your face? And where can you put it into your calendar? Yeah. Put it in. Yeah. It's your joy hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the third one is to chill out. And I think, you know, this is what we all need now. And I certainly back then, last year, right now, uh, just to take the time to to chill out, like, you know, have a sleep in on the weekend if you can. <laughs> Stay in your gym jams for an extra hour. Uh, read a good book. Just binge on Netflix or Stan or Ivy, whatever you need. But everyone's scrambling, working so hard. If we don't, if we don't rest, if we don't invest in rest, then we're no good to anybody. We're yeah. really not. And that's, and that's one big thing I learned, that even though I, I felt like I'd lost everything, in my scramble to try to rebuild a business last year, in my scramble to try to rebuild my life after the petrol bombs, uh, it was really easy to forget about resting because when you're trying to get back something, you don't yeah. think you you don't think you can gift it to yourself. It's like how I don't have time to take time, time out. Yeah. I've got to adapt my business. I've got and to. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I can handle yeah. it. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then until you're not, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. The fourth one is to live life. And I know in these times that's really hard because some of the, most of the things we like to live life about, which is often to do with travel and going to other places and seeing other cultures and meeting other people, we can't do. But all I say right now is, you know, do the plan. And sometimes it's really lovely to just plan, to plan what it'll be once we can. Um, yeah. But, you know, in normal times, um, living life is, you know, taking those long weekends and absolutely taking them, you know, going somewhere, even if it's to, the, to another suburb in your city that you've never been to, um, but just really live life. Don't Marie Kondo your house for three days. Like, you know, that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> Too much of my stuff sparks joy anyway, so I can't throw it out. So it doesn't work for me. <laughs> exactly. But the final part and that, you know, I've already spoken about why, why learning Samba was so important is the whole connection piece. Yeah. And, you know, connecting with others who can put a smile on your face and some warmth in your heart and just make you feel good. Uh, gosh, there's, I think we've learned over this last year or so that that connection piece is more important now than we've known it ever to be. And Sure. Uh, I, I certainly know for me that has been absolutely crucial. Yeah, I'm trying to because um, I, I mean, I, I'm connect, I connect with people all day, every day, right? I'm always yeah. on Zoom or on the phone, but I have been making a concerted effort to connect with people who I wouldn't normally um, call who I know must be struggling. So, you know, my hairdresser and my yeah. um, where I buy my clothes and, and those yeah. people who are whose businesses have been decimated, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good on you, Leanne. That's amazing. Yeah, it's so important because um, they're forgotten. They're forgotten. Yeah, yeah, they really are until we try and get an appointment. Yeah, well, that's what you're really doing, aren't you? That you're the top of the list for the hairdresser. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I know. Good My point. hair has never been so long. Good point. Well, you know, look at that. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, right? That's the joy of being a brunette, let me tell you. I just buy a yeah. packet at the supermarket. Um oh. Although I do buy, tend to buy a different packet every day, every time, so I never know what colour my hair is going to end up. 
Well, I keep saying, you know, if everyone can have all the toilet paper they want, but I'm hoarding dry shampoo at the moment. And uh, that's, that's exact, uh, you know, I'm getting a, every time I go to the supermarket, I buy another bottle just in case. Just so in case. Longer than I expect. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so talk to me about how, what your business is like now. You're obviously, you know, COVID hit last year and then it's hit again. So, yeah. um, but a lot of people have transitioned to this kind of conversation, right, a Zoom kind of conversation. How's that going? Yeah, it's actually going really well, in fact. Um, you know, again, uh, last year went down, then it was amazing. And then, of course, so many events booked again because everyone was going to events. Everyone was desperate to get in a room for conferences again. Massively, yeah. Um, but, of course, that's, that all went. And I, I decided that I was going to do one last pirouette. I decided I wasn't going to use that other P word. I'm going to do a pirouette. Oh, I like that. That's better. <laughs> yes. That's way better than that other P word. It is way better. And so what I did was I collated everything that I knew that I'd been doing a lot of, you know, kind of virtual things over the last year. What, what, was, what was it that was really resonating with people? What is it that's right for this business environment right now that people need? And I've collated it into uh, a program called a Resilience Recharge Program. And uh, it's either three or five bite-sized sessions of 30 minutes that I do with leaders and their teams, I, either on a weekly or fortnightly um, or monthly if they want, but I fortnightly is really great. It's better, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just really to help people be able to create a resilience development plan that is right for their specific life. Uh, with all the responsibilities and challenges that they have across personal world and professional world. Because resilience is really um, something that I've noticed in, and I don't want to sound old when I say this, but young people of today um, are not as resilient as potentially we were, and it's because the, the, our generation of parents want to fix everything, right? They want their yeah. kids, everything to be beautiful and wonderful for their kids, but um, when those kids get it, further into their life, everything is not beautiful and wonderful and you have to be able to be resilient. You do. And it's interesting, you know, from all generations, I, in fact, um, last year, uh, Weekend Today, Channel 7's Weekend Today, I did a segment with them uh, in regards to this about how our uh, older generation to us are even far more resilient. You know, they've gone through wars. They've, you know, I had one lady who we interviewed, you know, she'd escaped Hitler and from Poland. Yeah. And, you know, so resilience is all about going through challenging times, yeah. learning from whatever has gone on, adapting it to the new challenges, which, you know, we don't even know what they are, but they keep coming at us. Yeah. So we can continue to move forward. And I think... You know, that uh, people keep talking about resilience is, you know, you're resilient if you can bounce back. Well, I don't believe that's true. I, I believe resilience is about learning something from our, our challenges so we can bounce forward. Yeah, so nice. we can do it better next time. So we can have more confidence, that so we can cope more. Uh, so I, I suppose with the younger generation, if they haven't already been able to grow their resilience muscle because they haven't had tough things to go through, they just haven't had the opportunity, but this is certainly giving them that because massively, yeah, it's a hard lesson to learn real quick. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I absolutely love the work that you do. If anybody who's watching wants to actually see more of you, where can they find you? 
I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn. So you can see me there at Heidi Denning. You can see my name spelt with one N uh, with Denning there or HeidiDenning.com uh, is my website. And I've got lots of free resources there and, um, you know, different programs and keynotes that I do virtually and on stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love, you know, reach out, let me know how you're going, how your, how your resilience is. In fact, there is a there is a quiz, Leanne, on my website that people might like to take uh, just to see how these really overwhelming and uncertain times are impacting them. And it's three minutes online and you'll get a score. And um, perhaps if you put into action one of the strategies that we talk about today, you might be able to budge that score in three or four weeks. So that's always nice to be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I'll, um, I'll get the team to put all that information into the show notes and I'll Fantastic. make a note myself to uh, send that link out to my team and get them to do that. Right. Quiz. So thank yeah. you so much. It's always lovely to catch up with you, even if there are no feathers in sight. I know, but I, I, I put out the special um, Cecil the Lion as a symbol of courage because of your wonderful uh, name of your podcast, Leanne. Oh, that's exactly Courage's right. And your book, your middle name is Courage. Her, Her middle, middle name is Courage. Is courage. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of connections going on. There sure is. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for your time. I so appreciate it. My pleasure, Leanne. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.